0: EM Board Bombs. Now, here's Doctors Iltafat Hussein and Blake Briggs.
1: Welcome back to another EM Board Bombs podcast where we continue to drop board knowledge and just fun emergency medicine things. I'm joined today by Dr. Blake Briggs, who's out in Bama right now. This is our continuing series and collaborations that we have with ASEP's Pure Board Review. They give some questions and we give them our awesome voices. For every 15 minutes, we drop high yield board knowledge. Come for the stamp, stay for the content. Sign up on our website, emboardbombs.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. We've got thousands of followers there. Thank you, thank you. Hey Briggs, let's do this thing. Hey, by the way, um at the end of this, I want to tell you a really funny story about sharks and can't some wait. geography and maybe <laughs> Alabama as well. <laughs> so it's it's a good story. It's a good story. Something that um I, I need to learn. Alright. What geography or sharks? It's a little bit of everything. It's a little okay. bit of everything. Hey, let's get into it. This is our STEM. Neville Longbottom is in his first year at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. He continues to suffer from episodes of syncope when Draco and his gang of Slytherins sneak up behind him in the hallways and pretend to be ghosts. Madame Pompey Pomfrey, a board-certified witch, has become very accustomed to Longbottom's episodes and doesn't get concerned anymore. However, in his most recent episode, he described a complaint that worried her. Now, Dr. Briggs, in the absence of an ideal risk stratification tool for patients with syncope, which finding has been shown in many studies to be one of the most concerning? Hmm. Is it A, dyspnea, B, head trauma, C, polycythemia, D, prodrome symptoms? The correct answer is...
0: Disneya. Boom.
1: You got it. It's a good one. I really like this one. It's high yield.
0: Mm-hmm. I was just talking to a resident about syncope workup the other day. I was I was wondering how many times you're going to be dropping that next week <laughs> podcast. I was talking about my mentor in a residency who does a lot of syncope research uh, and, it, and his name is not Hussein. <laughs> uh
1: Okay now you're just trying to make me jealous. I see how it is. <laughs> I see how it is. Hey you let's know? go
0: back to the prompt. <laughs> so syncope, um, you would agree, syncope workups is like the holy grail of emergency medicine research. Yes. That is like the era of everyone tries to find validated instruments and tools to risk stratify syncope patients. It's very hard to do.
1: Right. And certain things come in vogue and go out of vogue. That's the other thing I've Absolutely. realized. Absolutely.
0: Uh, anyway, so s- symptoms of syncope, it can be really varied. And that's what makes it so difficult. Some have prodrome. Some suffer trauma from a fall. And really, what are going to be the prodrome symptoms, Dr. Usain, when you when you list these off?
1: So, you know, questions, obviously, you're asking, in which you get a lot of times, is the episode of lightheadedness, right? Not dizziness, but feeling lightheaded, diaphoretic warmth, nausea and vomiting, or frankly, just a combination of all these symptoms. But, you know, as you're going to get into, you're going to explain why dyspnea is the most concerning, because of one particular thing.
0: Yeah, so dyspnea is an example of... The ischemic symptoms that are greatest concern Boom. for wrist stratification. It always comes back to the heart. It always comes back to yeah, the heart. It really does. Yeah. It really does. Absolutely. So, because of that, in 2017, there were these joint guidelines that came from some big name people. It's like an alphabet soup here. You got the American College of Cardiology, the American Heart Association, the Wizards Association, just kidding, the Heart Rhythm Society. <laughs> Which Madame Papi Papi, yeah, yeah, board Parfrey, yeah, board and anyway, they all came together and they had a big meeting. There was free food, and they decided that for loss of consciousness to be considered sinkable, the patient should not have demonstrated clinical signs or symptoms of a non syncable cause, like a seizure right. or any preceding head trauma or any apparent loss of consciousness. Correct. So basically, here are the guidelines in general. So they thought that the types of syncope. In general, three types, type one, cardiac, type two, non-cardiac, and then type three, unexplained. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Super helpful list. So let's just quickly read these off. So cardiac examples, this is going to be caused by either arrhythmias, like extremes of bradycardia, certain tachyarrhythmias, hypotension due to low cardiac index, any type of blood flow obstruction of some type, clots, veno thromboembolism. Any type of acute vascular dissection, obviously. <laughs> so it goes from like benign to scary stuff. Correct. So non-cardiac causes, it could be an even longer list. This is going to include any reflux, syncope, orthostatic hypotension, volume depletion, dehydration, and blood loss. So that's going to be a, a long list as well. When you examine your patient, you're going to look for signs of any volume changes. And then you have unexplained syncope. And this is, you know, the potpourri can of we don't know what's going on so what is going to be the most dangerous out of all these clearly cardiac related syncope is the most dangerous class right correct because this can be a predictor of sudden cardiac death and there's a nice handout on our website which is about sudden cardiac death and its causes remember what is the most common cause of sudden cardiac death in adults over 40 dr Hussein? the heart not working (laughs) (laughs) you mean am i that's what you meant to say so
1: (laughs) in all seriousness though when we say the most concerning obviously things like non-cardiac such as acute blood loss and whatnot is very concerning right but those are things that in the course of your workup you easily find so i think that's another important distinction to make correct dr briggs
0: correct hey you want to hear a cool stat yes so patients documented with cardiac syncope. They have a 6-month mortality rate of greater than 10%. That's pretty concerning. That's concerning. So, syncope in this class can be caused by arrhythmias like we talked about, either benign or malignant, valvular or ischemic heart disease, and then you also have good old dissection, which would kill you at that, probably in that moment. Depending on the history and the age of the patient, you either need to do an aggressive search for cardiac disease at that moment or you, you know, have follow up with a cardiologist depending on what you find, right? So, an ECG is Pretty much 100%. I can't think of a situation you don't get an ECG on a presyncope or syncable patient. And by the way, side comment based on recent research that's come out, presyncope patients, which means they don't faint, but they almost faint, they should be treated the same as syncable patients in terms of their workup. Sure. They have nothing different. So ECG is always indicated, and you should be doing rhythm stress monitoring while the patient is in the emergency department.
1: Right. And I think, you know, ECG certainly, and then some of the other key things. Obviously family history. I think that's one of those questions I just don't see asked enough Mm -hmm. when it comes to syncope, because that can really provide significant insight.
0: Absolutely. And then most of the studies that have come out on syncope, they agree on which findings from the history and physical warrant further hospitalization or investigation. Obviously older age, any history of structural heart disease. Yep. Congestive heart failure, lack of prodromal symptoms, as Dr. Hussain quoted earlier, any anemia that's found. Obviously, any hypotension, and then any dyspnea or chest pain should get a full cardiac workup, or of course any new EKG changes. Family history is really important here, and, and this is what Dr. Sain just said. Not only just in witnessing the event, but any family history of these events or sudden cardiac death are really important to state. All right, so now that we got the cardiac stuff down, uh, Dr. Hussein, talk a little bit more about the head trauma because that was part of one of the answer choices. Where does that come into this?
1: Sure, and you know we'll talk about one of the other answer choices as well. But when it comes to head trauma, that's not really a component of most of these syncope decision rules. Patients with syncope, they can experience head trauma with a fall, and certainly, you know, for those patients, especially high-risk patients, you should be getting CT scans uh, to evaluate for intracranial injury. Um, But you know, in the absence of trauma, a headache or focal neurological deficit your head ct is actually going to be pretty low yield absolutely and you know one of the other answer choices we had polycythemia um listed you know that's an uncommon ideology of syncope you have anemia you know being a component of san francisco syncope rule and a marker for worse outcomes Um, but again um when it comes to head trauma polycythemia those are going to be lower and certainly you know things that um warrant different tracks of workup. And then earlier I was mentioning prodromal symptoms as well. Those are going to be more of your vasovagal and orthostatic causes of syncope. But they are super critical and important, right? Because some of those prodromal episodes might be secondary to acute blood loss anemia, secondary to a GI bleed, right? And that patient might be presenting with those prodromal symptoms uh, every time they stand up. So, a good history is really important. I mentioned this before, family history as well, but in general, when it comes to that syncope patient, getting a really
0: good history is absolutely critical. Definitely. So in summary, it all comes back to the heart, as usual, and Dr. Usain said it correctly. Any history of cardiac disease, congestive heart failure, ischemic symptoms with syncope, such as chest pain or dyspnea, those are concerning, and they warrant most likely hospitalization, and especially a cardiac workup in the ED. So it's okay if you have your 20-year-old who comes in with a single episode and you get a CBC, BMP, EKG, and done. That can be your own workup on a patient that's low risk. But not all patients should be treated the same in syncope. And cardiac symptoms, especially older patients, should be highly suspected, highly concerning. So as Dr. Hussein said, getting a good history, always being aware for advanced age, always looking for anemia, lack of prodromal symptoms, and of course, any sort of hemodynamic derangements with syncope, those are concerning. They warrant hospital observation.
1: Right. And really for the boards, they're not going to be asking you about key protocols either. So no. they're not going to be you know, getting into the San Francisco syncope rule. Um, they're mainly going to be presenting you with high risk uh, population sets and also certain types of chief complaints, such as the one that we listed as well. So this should be a really easy one for you to crush on the boards.
0: And speaking of just quick board pearls, let me just hit two more bonus ones if you don't mind. You want to do a bonus bomb?
1: Let's do it. Cue the music. Oh, that sounds great. Now
0: it's time for a bonus bomb. Bonus bombs always get me excited. This was they a, do. I don't like syncope workups in general. They're just kind of, eh. So when you talk about two quick stats that are really important— what percentage do you think of patients present with an MI without chest pain?
1: Oh, without chest pain, a oh, huge. Oh. Yes,
0: yeah, so it's twenty-five percent, but it's okay. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> but it does seem like a lot. So, oh my what gosh. population do you think really is going to be having no chest pain in general?
1: Older or younger? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be no chest pain is going to be older, obviously.
0: Absolutely. So, the most common symptom is dyspnea. So, here comes dyspnea again, and that's why it's so concerning. That in terms of MIs, the most common symptom besides chest pain is dyspnea. And remember that up to 25% of patients with MI don't even have chest pain at all. Uh, So those are two quick board pearls they could throw at you on the test and ask you directly. Uh, Just remember that as part of your Sync B MI evaluation.
1: And really, you know, if they give you dyspnea on exertion, come on, you got that.
0: I know, right? Sketchy. Sketchy stuff. Oh, and less than 40 years old, most common cause of cardiac death... Clearly, it's hokum, which we did a podcast on over a year ago.
1: I know. Man, this seems like such a long time ago. But the lessons don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Life keeps teaching. All right, let's take it out.
1: My, You know, it was Shark Week recently. Yes, it was. And my wife loves Shark Week. Who doesn't? Mainly because she will just stare at the TV and... You know, my wife doesn't really watch, like, any of these, like, series or TV shows, but for some reason, every year, Shark Week, she just has marked out on the calendar, and she just stares at the episodes and will say, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, and just be really freaked out about seeing these stock clips of people, like, getting their arms mangled and all this other stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So, she was watching an episode, and they showed, like, Alabama, and she was like, wait, Alabama? Beaches? What's going on here? And I informed her. I informed her. Why, yes, um, you know, the beaches are arguably as good as Destin, but a lot more affordable and enjoyable to go to.
0: Yes, they are. (laughs) And uh, for that, we'd like to make a plug. Thanks for our sponsor, Gulf Coast and Orange Beach, Alabama.
1: Gulf See, I'm learning things. I would not have been able to tell her that if you had not gone out to Alabama.
0: Oh, the, the sand and water, gorgeous. Sand and the gorgeous. water, yeah. Gorgeous. Well, you'll we'll have to make a visit sometime at our, we're going to host the next um, International EM Board Bumps Conference, actually, in uh, Orange Beach, Alabama.
1: Yes, we are. We're going to be on a boat. Uh, myself, you, and uh, one of our, our current uh, Wake residents as well. So, yeah. I'll drop a shout out to Kyle. We're
0: going to do that. We're going to have a good time.